Welcome to episode three of Spouse Holes Podcast. Thanks to our listeners who are listening to us every week. Also, if you haven't yet, subscribe, leave us a comment and five stars, and we would really appreciate that. I'm here with my lovely wife, Kiara. How are you doing, babe? Doing good. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. How do you feel your week went? I went pretty good. Erica's growing like a weed and same with Z-Book, so... That's very good. They definitely are getting so big. I was looking at Erica the other day and I couldn't believe how much bigger she is. And it's only been almost six months now. Yeah, it's crazy how fast time's going. Let's just get right into some holes, huh? Yeah. Before we do, though, kind of want to mention about our poll that we did of our previous holes and plugs. Yeah, the results were a little bit inconclusive. Participation was a little bit low. I would love to give a big thank you to all the people that did participate. I guess technically you won the plug of the week and we tied on hole of the week. If you don't know what we're talking about, well, maybe go listen to some other episodes. <laughs> you holes. <laughs> Definitely. What I think I'll do is post the poll on the story on Monday. And on then Instagram. On Instagram. Cool. And then I'll have people vote on there. And then I can put it on the comments. So whoever wants to vote the rest of the week can still put their comments in. But if you do vote, please try to only vote one time. So we're not getting... Yeah, we don't want any results. Russia conspiracies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you being Russia. <laughs> I also need to do a little fact check. My story was a little bit incorrect on my plug of the week. I said that a young man gave a bunch of flowers out in his city. That was accurate. My number was incorrect. I said that he gave out 250 or something like that. And it was more in the 150s range. Still pretty impressive on the kid's part. Yeah, but yeah. He's still balling. He's still balling. Still going to get all those ladies for sure. <laughs> so we'll move right into the holes of the week. This week, we decided that we can't use murder as part of being a whole, so it'll be a little bit different, a little less intense. My lovely whole of the week was... Uh... <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> carry on, carry on. Anyway, my whole was a guy who lived in a trailer park, and he was getting a package in his trailer home. And the delivery man came late on a day where he felt like that his package should have came earlier. But because his package didn't come earlier in the day, when his package did come, he met the delivery driver at his door and said, you know, why is my package late? Why are you taking so long to deliver these packages? And he, the delivery driver just sat there and just took it like he was just okay. And he told him that this is how the route was given to me. And I just did the best I could do. Right. Followed by some more belittling from this homeowner. And he was just mad that he didn't get his package. The delivery driver left, drove down three houses, delivered another package, went on with his day. Thought that that was the end of it. He got reamed. But the next day at work, he goes and looks at his pallet, starts loading his truck, and he sees a complaint. And he oh, looks yeah. at the complaint. And he's just like, what did I do now? And he reads the complaint and it's from the same guy in the trailer park. He reads it and it says that he had given the guy at the trailer park the wrong package. He was pretty confident that he had given that guy the right package. And then he went down three houses and gave another package to the neighbor. But what this guy was claiming was he received his neighbor's package and he never got his package. The driver looks into it and he finds out that what had actually happened is the homeowner who yelled at him and told him that he was a terrible person went down to his neighbor's house after the delivery driver had drove away and stole his neighbor's package, 
brought it back to his house and claimed it that he never received his package. The delivery driver sucked. That's crazy. I just, yeah. I mean, how low can you go? This poor guy already probably having not such a hot day. And then the guy who's receiving his package just, I guess, was the icing on the cake. Yeah, telling him that he got the wrong one. And I just can't believe it sometimes. And I think in the U.S. that's a federal crime to steal mail. It's a federal crime. Yeah, he can get in a lot of trouble for that, actually. Yeah, that's crazy. What do you think of that hole? I think that guy is a big hole, especially because we used to work in customer service, or I used to work in customer service, and knowing what people go through or say to you, and you kind of have to take it, I just, I mean, I feel for this poor driver. Yeah, that guy's definitely a hole. I could never do that kind of stuff because, well, I could do it and I have done it. But when it comes time <laughs> to uh, be on the receiving end of someone yelling it in your face when you have no control of the situation, like when I'm a hole, I'm a hole. But if I'm just doing my job and I do it to the best of my ability and then you just come at me like that. Right. And it's not even the guy's fault. It's not like he's the one that's like, I'm just going to hold this package in the warehouse and go out at five right and deliver it at five i'm gonna take a half day eat some lunch right it's not even his fault he's just literally has a package that he found that they delivered or gave to him found it in his truck went to the address dropped it off like he has nothing to do with the whole like the whole entire process before that so poor guy definitely a hole you want to hear my hole i would love to (laughs) all right my hole well holes Back in August of last year, David Troopin and Louise Troopin were arrested. So just recently on Friday, they were in court and they pleaded guilty to 14 felony counts and one being torture. Their 17-year-old daughter was able to escape their home, find help for her and her 12 siblings. They're ranging from 2 years old to 29 years old. And she was able to get them some help because they were being tortured and they were shackled to beds they weren't allowed to leave their beds so they obviously went to the bathroom in the beds the parents didn't allow them to shower more than once a year and their parents would buy food such as pies and leave the pies on the table let them look at it but they were not allowed to touch the pies or eat the pie they also when they did release their shackles would separate the kids and they were never allowed to be in the same room with another sibling So, yeah, she was able to save them, but the parents are the biggest holes, and thank God they were caught and convicted and serving some time. And the kids are obviously in good spirits now, but they're hopeful. I couldn't even imagine, like, going through that. That just is a living hell, a living nightmare, things you see in movies, and then when you hear it's happening in real life, it's just mind-blowing. Yeah, I mean, we have kids, and... I could never imagine something so negative happening to, I mean, I'm just the type of person that even if I think about another child that's not even mine, I just want to jump and rescue the poor kid. So, you know, cool for the sister to be able to do that. props, Props to her saving her siblings. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of siblings, today's topic is family, specifically about our siblings. So I have one brother. I will address him as Don Diego de la Vega. And De La Vega is the shit because he had to deal with me and my four sisters. The nice thing I felt about having such a big family and having as many siblings as I do is 
I was able to go to one sibling if one of them made me mad. I was able to get some advice from another sibling. And I was, despite us being so big as far as the family goes, I have been close and am close to my siblings in different parts of my lives. You know, when I was growing up, I was closer to V, who's the one after me. I was closer to her because we're a year and a month apart. And so we were able to always be close. But then as growing up and life started happening, different siblings in my life would play different roles. And I was close to them. So even now, I still have a close relationship with each of them in different ways, despite us being a big family. Yeah, that's crazy. I never had any experience like that. It's just me and my one brother who's two and a half years younger than me. So if we were fighting or we weren't getting along, there was no one to turn to other than each other again. So you either had to work out your differences or you just didn't have someone to hang out with. I was blessed because me and him get along really well. We're best friends. Even to this day, we're still best friends. Um, The only time I can think of that we actually didn't get along to the point where something physical happened was this time where I was in junior, I was actually in high school. I think I was a junior in high school and I was in the bathroom taking a poo. <laughs> a norm for you. Totally Pretty normal, normal for me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the door was shut and he came in, kicked the door in or whatever have you. And he took a picture of me taking a poo. Classic. And for me nowadays, one, the door is hardly ever closed. I typically poop with the door open. And if you take a picture of me taking a poo nowadays, I would say, hey, post that on Instagram. I have no shame <laughs> in that regard. It doesn't bother me whatsoever. But when I was a junior in high school, there must have been some pride involved or something. And I th- was embarrassed. And I, I mean, it was, come on. You were still looking for a lady. That's true. I didn't have my lovely spouse. <laughs> But anyway, so he runs and I finish my business and I go looking for him and he had taken shelter in the same room as my mom. And so he figured if my mom's in the room, I'm not going to be able to do anything and he's going to get away with it. But that wasn't the case for me. I was mad. I was enraged at this time. And so I went up to him and I was just like, Sean, give me that camera or I'm going to punch you in the face. Nothing. He did not give me that camera. So I looked at him again. Sean, give me that camera or I'm going to punch you in the face. Not giving you the camera. Looked at him one more time. Sean, give me that camera. I'm going to punch you in the face. My mom at this point chimes in. Sean, give him the damn camera. I waited. No, we don't have to. So this time I looked at him. I said, Sean, give me the camera. I'm going to punch you in the face. Waited, waited. No. So I punched him in the face. He made an honest man out of me. I punched him right in the side of the face. And his response was, he looks over at my mom and says, mom, what the fuck? (laughs) And it was so funny in that moment. My mom looks over at him and says, you should have gave him the camera and then proceeds to punish him for saying fuck. (laughs) Don't say the F word in front of your mom. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of a big one. And so he felt like he was really like a disadvantage at that moment and was feel like he was getting the real short end of the stick. Cause not only did I get the camera, not get punished for hitting him in the face in front of my mom, but he gets in trouble for cursing. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That would suck being in his shoes and like, what the heck? He needs a little bit of punishment, but I mean, it was fair. So I have mm, a story similar to hitting in the face. And then one that will top yours after that. Oh, man. Yeah, you ready? I'm ready. All right. So when I was growing up, parents 
worked quite a bit. So we would be at home watching TV and V, the one that is after me, was watching TV with me and I decided, you know, hey, I need to go to the bathroom. Don't change the channel. I'll be right back. And we were in my parents' room, so it was a connected bathroom. So I ran in, went to the bathroom, came back out. Bless her soul. She changed the channel on me and I told her, give me the remote back. Change it back. And she said, no, I want to keep it. I want to watch what I'm watching. And I told her, I told you not to change the channel when I left to the bathroom. So she decides that she's going to hide it and she tries to run away with it. I grab her by the hair. I have her. <laughs> My poor sister V, she's very tender-headed too. <laughs> so I have her by the hair, and I'm telling her, give me the remote. And she's, you know, no, I'm not going to give you the remote. And she's yelling back at me. My older sister, Nellie, hears us screaming. And so she runs in and is trying to get the remote. What's happening? Trying to figure out what's going on. I told her, you know, I told her not to change the channel. So she tries to get between both of us. So I have one of my sisters by the hair and I'm slapping and punching my other sister in the face because I'm going to win this. I don't think anybody won that day because my dad got home, heard about it and made us hug it out. And that was like the worst punishment to hug our sisters. So after a fight like that, we had to hug it out. And Oh, that's funny. I love when parents come in and intervene. I can remember a time where me and my brother were bickering in the back seat of the car and we're driving back and just really just verbally nothing physical but we're just being mean to each other and my dad looks back and he says if you two don't knock it off i'm gonna make you hold hands skip (laughs) up and down the street singing the barney song so you better stop it right now oh tell me that he got that oh well so what happened in that moment me and my brother look over at each other and it goes silent. And so we're not making fun of each other anymore and we're doing what my dad wanted. But then my dad looks back and he kind of sees a puzzled look on both of our faces and he says, what? And I look up at him and I'm like, dad, I just lost all respect for you. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) But it would have been pretty cool to have video of you guys holding hands and skipping down the street. That would have been pretty classic. All right. You ready for my other story? I'm ready. All right, this one's a little embarrassing because I swear, guys, I'm the nicest person in the world. Bullshit. <laughs> All right, so this is a time where Don de la Vega and I were actually pretty close. And we were changing the oil in one of the cars. And, you know, I told de la Vega, hey, are you, you done? Like, you don't need my help anymore. We're good. He's like, yeah, we're good. So I'm like, okay. So I go inside, you know, shower, get ready for the day come out and I'm just checking on him. How's everything going? He decides it would be pretty funny if he were to pick me up and try putting my hair in the oil, the dirty oil that we just, I guess it doesn't matter. Dirty oil or clean, doesn't matter. Try to put my hair in the oil that we just changed. I thought it was so funny. Well, he didn't realize that in my hand, I had a cuticle cutter you know, heat of the moment, I decided that I was going to use that as my defense. Now, a little backstory. My sisters and I would like to try picking on him and taking him down because we think it's so funny because he's the only boy and he's always been the protector. So if we were able to win something, you know, win that fight that, you know, we were the, we were better than him and it didn't happen very often. So I decided to grab that cutter and stab him in the shin (laughs) And I stabbed and I pulled down and I made the poor guy bleed and we laughed about it, but I felt pretty bad after, but I think he still has a scar. So I think I topped yours. 
Well, I mean, I just hit my brother. You stabbed yours. Hey, but he learned to never mess with my hair again. I guess you wouldn't understand that because you don't really have hair. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) I never had long enough hair to put in oil either. (laughs) Well, that's not true. Your beard hair. Uh, was pretty long. At one time, I had a really good beard. You did. And you let me braid it and straighten it. It was pretty awesome. That's true. But it wasn't always negative. We weren't always fighting. I know we have like a couple of stories and they're pretty good ones because it's pretty funny when you, you know, have those stories when you argue with your sibling. But we also had good times. Oh, yeah. When we protect your siblings, look out after them. I remember one time my brother Sean came home and came in the front door cussing you know as as you've heard before he loves to use some potty language <laughs> anyway got the whole attention of the entire house my mom comes running my dad comes running i'm the last one to the party goes on to tell us this story he was at the neighbor's house pretty close and they were doing a grass fight or whatever you know how kids being kids and my brother was two years is two years younger than me two and a half years and i had some friends in the neighborhood who were also two and a half years older than him And at that time, you know, he's probably in elementary and he hadn't quite fully grown yet. Nowadays, no one's messing with him. I'm 6'5", 330 pounds. My brother, I won't mess with him. He's a, he just is intimidating. He's scary. But we're both teddy bears. And if you really (laughs) know us, nothing's going to happen. We're going to be nice to you. It's not going to be like a fight. But if you get to that point, you don't want to mess with him. But back then it wasn't the case. This kid had two and a half years on him. Anyway, didn't like how the grass fight went down. Ends up tackling my brother, pinning him to the ground, hitting him a couple of times, and rubbing grass all in his face because apparently Sean threw a little bit of grass in his mouth. From what I've heard and how I gathered that story, the kid overreacted quite a bit, causing my brother to yell, cuss, and be red in the face. Right, so me, Yeah, so me being me and his brother, I feel like I have to take action. So I run for the front door. I'm going to jump the fence go over to this kid's house and just make an example out of him. You don't mess with us. Before I could get to the front door, though, my dad grabbed on my shirt and ripped me down, tore my shirt, and he says, you are not to lay a finger on him. You will not retaliate physically. And so I respected my dad enough and feared him enough that I'm not going to fight or argue with my dad about this. So I just stopped. Didn't mess with him physically. I didn't mess with him. That's the key here. My dad said I was not to physically retaliate. We were in middle school and I was quite a bit bigger than this kid. So there was a reason that I felt pretty confident that I could go over there and make an example, make an example out of him. (laughs) So we go to school the next day in middle school, we'd go to all of our classes every day, one through eight, eighth period. We'd go in and we didn't have the same class, but the doors of the classroom were right next to each other. So I would go into one and he'd go into the one on the left. And I made sure to wait for him. So as he entered his class, I looked over at him and I said, after class today, I'm going to beat your ass. And we went to class and it was like a 45 minute class. And so as soon as the class gets out, the bell rings and he just sprints out of that classroom and runs all the way home. So the next day going into class, I wait for him. Today's the day after class today, I'm going to beat your ass. Go into class, come bell rings. He sprints bat out of hell all the way home. And this goes on, I probably did it five or six days worth of class. Every time I saw him, I'm beating your ass today. Eventually, you know, we were friends. Like it wasn't, 
a matter of it was just some kid in the neighborhood. We were actually really good friends with his family. We had gone on vacations together. Even to this day, we're actually really good friends. We've made up, you know, and, but I had to go in and say, okay, I'm done. My dad said I wasn't allowed to do anything. I'm over it. Let's be friends. Let's just move on with our lives. No grudges and everything. So actually to this day, we're actually pretty good friends. I think that in this moment, I stuck up for my brother and obeyed my dad by not physically doing anything. Right. Yeah. You're pretty smart of finding a loophole in his, in his rule. So kudos to you. I wasn't, I was a little bit more physical. <laughs> I mean, I was pretty, I mean, I still am small, but I was pretty small. You stabbed your brother. <laughs> Touche. Well, I do have a story. Well, I have many stories. All right. So I do have an example of when I also went and defended my sibling. So one day, V and I were riding our bikes together around the block. And there was a little kid. Oh, he wasn't little. He was around our age. So I was probably about seven or eight. He lived in our little area with us. And we were riding our bikes. Every time we'd pass his house, he would be outside, you know, a little... Hispanic kid with his wife beater on his bike looking like a little thug and he would be like hey mamacita how are you come over here you know to talk to us I mean he's like seven or eight us being us we were really annoyed that he kept doing that and he kept saying it to my sister and so I told him knock it off like you don't talk like that to us because for us that's very inappropriate you don't call somebody that and when you say for us you're saying the difference between Peruvians and I'm taking he was probably Mexican or he was Mexican and I just feel like for Latin culture, when you say mamacita, it's a sexual thing. It's not like a buddy thing. It's more of like, hey, mommy, like, hey, come over here, you know. So I feel like in general, but I could be wrong. But I feel like if I talk to any of my other Hispanic friends, they would agree that if someone calls you a mamacita, it's not because they're just friends with you. Us being us, driving our bikes around, telling him knock it off, and he does it again. And so I told him, stop, or I'm going to make you stop. So he decides that he's going to be funny and he's going to do it anyways. So he says it again, and I decided I'm going to look for the biggest rock I could find. Found the biggest rock I could find that was heavy enough but light enough for me to throw. Did you not have a cuticle cutter? Because I didn't have a cuticle cutter at the time, no. (laughs) I didn't even know those existed. So I grabbed the rock and I threw it as hard as I could. And I beamed the kid in the head and he fell off of his bike. So obviously he goes running in, talking to his mom, comes out crying. The mom comes out, talks to my dad, and my dad's like, what happened? And so I explained to him the situation and he looked at me and said, yeah, no one calls you mamacitas. I can't really be mad at you. And so he told the mom, your kid shouldn't be calling my daughter that. So I did feel bad afterwards. And, you know, if he ever does listen, I apologize. (laughs) He probably doesn't remember. (laughs) Probably not. Oh, that's horrible, but probably true. That's awesome. Not awesome, but kind (laughs) of. Sorry. Well, what I'm getting from this, though, we both grew up with very different situations. You had five siblings. I had one sibling. But in the end, we're good friends with all of our siblings. We have similar stories where we would protect each other. We would resolve conflict together. At the end of the day, you're still family and you're still siblings and you're there for each other. And I think that was always something in my family we always tried to stick by is, you know, friends come and go, but family's forever. You know, family, it's your blood, it's your kin, it's who you take care of. And I know when we go over and since being married to you, you know, we're coming up on eight years this year. Mm -hmm. 
seeing your guys' relationship and how all of you guys can gather around a table and talk and talk and talk. Me and my brother, it was just like, it was just the two of us. So there's only so many stories you can get in a day. But when we were, even when we first started dating, I remember like one or two dates in, we just hung out and talked and everyone was around the table. And before you know it, it's three in the morning and (laughs) your parents are all like, oh, are you going to drive home in this? And I'm like, I don't know what else to do. I live 40 minutes away. (laughs) And so I would leave the house at two in the morning, three in the morning, just because time would fly with having all the stories and being around the table and being able to talk that way. It was so cool. So and it still happens to this day. I mean, we'll go over and before you know it, it's way past our kids' bedtime. Yeah, we're always rushing out to get them home for bedtime. But that was one thing that my mom always told me and my dad. I remember one time I was having a really hard time. It was elementary and, you know, sometimes kids can be little punks in elementary. And I was having a really hard time with some of my friends And I remember crying to my parents and just telling them, you know, about my whole situation or whatever. And my mom told me the same thing you said, you know, friends will always come and go. Like your friends should always be your siblings. And you have so many siblings. You know, my dad actually wanted 12 kids and he only got half. But (laughs) I mean, I think he kept trying because he wanted more boys and he only got the one boy first try. But then they were all girls. Uh, That was just something that my mom and dad always told me was your siblings are your best friends. And even now, if we don't see eye to eye, I feel like we're pretty open with each other and we can be pretty direct. But at the end of the day, they're always our siblings and like you really can't get rid of your family. So, yeah, definitely. It was cool growing up and I couldn't see myself having just one sibling. I mean, it's it's hard. I mean, it's awesome that you guys have that awesome relationship, but I can't see myself having just one. For me, I wanted to always have a bigger family, but you always wanted a smaller family because of the relationship you have with your brother. Yeah, it was nice being able to fit the entire family in a compact car. (laughs) I mean, we had the minivan, the awful minivan, and we did have the minivan, and yeah, it was a lot of kids, but... It's, it was always never a dull moment. It was always exciting. There was always something going on or there was someone always talking loud. And my family is so loud. And I think part of it is because we're always trying to talk over one another or, you know, someone's across on the other side of the table and you're like, hey, so-and-so, do you remember that one time? And there's like five conversations in between you yelling, you know, so it's it's pretty fun. That's very true. I'm, I'm glad that I've been able to see it from another point of view, you know, as you know, now I have so many other brother-in-laws and sister-in-laws that it's crazy to see. But at the same time, I wouldn't change anything either, you know, going right. back and being able to, you know, me and my brother, because we spent so much time together, we got to know each other pretty close, you know, and when we would play sports together, we would know how each other would react and how we would play the sport together. So if we were on the same team, we dominated mainly because we were both very athletic and big at the time so and we're always <laughs> bigger than everyone around us but we also knew how we would think and and it was just almost like being twins but at the same time not being twins because two and a half years but if you look at us now we've been asked we've been asked like when we were walking around the mall are you guys twins because we'll both have you know the beard the backwards hat or the hat on we're both really big and we do look definitely related. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like with me and all my siblings. I think a lot of people confuse us. We all look kind of really similar. I mean, I know families and I know, like we have friends who 
I know that has have sisters and none of them look alike. Well, I actually have a story that can back you up on this one. We were at a funeral. I don't know if you remember this, but at this funeral, uh, everyone wears black and you and all your sisters were in black dresses. Y'all had your hair up. I was coming up behind you to comfort you, you know, and I put my arm around you and I pulled you nice and close and I kissed the top of your head and I was like, it's going to be okay. <laughs> I do remember. <laughs> and before I could finish my sentence, V shoots her head up and says, what are you doing? <laughs> and I looked down and it wasn't you. <laughs> and for the life of me, I was so happy that I didn't greet you in the normal way I greeted you and that it was a funeral because typically if I come up from behind, I'm grabbing your butt. And that would have been horrible. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we do look a lot like, especially when we have our hair up and everything. We People confuse us all the time. That's pretty awesome. So speaking of people being there for each other, are you ready for a plug? Oh, let's do some plugs. Yeah. All right. So my plug is, I'll give you a little bit of backstory. So Wesley Stevens, he's a Tampa firefighter, actually just recently was able to go back to work after being electrocuted and brought back to life in December. He was dead or didn't have a pulse for 17 minutes. Holy cow. Yeah. So he was in this process that seems like he likes to do with his dad or liked to do because he doesn't want to do it anymore um fractal burning it's electrically burning unique branch-like designs into the wood and he and his dad i guess built some machine and he would do this multiple times so this one time it went wrong so 2000 volts hit his body oh wow and he had a friend with him and she did cpr for about a minute but when she called 911 there was another um, sheriff deputy like a minute away from his house was able to go continue CPR kept going and they saved his life and they revived him he woke up after two days later on him I think it was like later on a couple days after he woke up him and his wife actually had their baby and he said that was one thing that was holding him was to come back was the baby that his wife was expecting any day to deliver so my plug was Sheriff Deputy Ernie Foster, who was the one that actually Looked saved into him. action. Yeah, saved his life. And obviously the friend who was able to start the CPR. But at the end, you know, this deputy who was able to go and revive this guy and didn't give up on him, you know, to not have a pulse for 17 minutes. But they say that the CPR did help the circulation continue to the brain. So, wow. Yeah. How crazy, right? That's awesome. I that mean, is talk about being there for each other. No kidding. That's something else. And you know, thinking about it now, just listening to your story, I don't know if voting on the plug is a good thing because a plug is just positive. I mean, I love hearing these stories and it's very positive and it maybe it doesn't necessarily mean we need to know whose was better. Right. I might also be saying this because I don't know if mine compares <laughs> to yours in this moment. No, and I think that both are. I mean, I see what you're saying, though. Like, you don't hear a lot of positive and great things. And so we definitely should not maybe be voting on 
the that. plug. Right. And, you know, we'll just see how we'll maybe just move forward. We'll just do it on the whole of the week. And maybe me and you need to do more discussing so we can get them a little bit closer each week. So it's a little bit easier. It's more difficult to distinguish because I even felt like this week it might be slighted one way. I won't give any opinions (laughs) out. My plug this week goes out to a former NFL football player by the name of Chad Ochocinco Johnson. Oh, man. And I don't know how many of you guys out there pay attention to football or know of this guy. He's... He's more known for his on-the-field antics. He was a very talented receiver. I loved watching him. He even did a brief stint with the Patriots. I wish it would have worked out a little bit better for him there. He was an amazing receiver and played the majority of his career with the Cincinnati Bengals. Very talented, very awesome. And he was amazing to watch on the field. But he also had that larger-than-life persona off the field. He has very a lot of stories where he, he'll tip outrageous. Like one time I remember he was at chilies or applebees and he saw that that he had that little pad where you could just pay your check on the little pad and then you didn't have to call your waitress over or anything but the tip was like a scalable slide bar and he just wanted to see how high it would go and so his meal was only maybe 20 30 bucks and he just kept sliding the tip thing until it was at like 118 percent And then when it was at 118%, it wouldn't go any further or the waitress like thought he was just playing around. So she told him to stop. And he's like, are you sure you want me to stop? The waitress says, yeah, you should probably stop. Stop playing around. You know, he says, okay, I guess I'll stop. And he submits it and he tips 118% and had the waitress not not said anything. He probably would have kept going and tipped, you know, he's got plenty of money. Oh, the regrets she has. Uh, But there's like, he'll, there's other stories of him going out tipping um, the amount of yards he had that week in the game. And so like one week he had 109 yards. So he tipped $109. Wow. The bill came to $130. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So he's really cool like that. Over the weekend, he sent out a tweet. How's everybody's day going? And one of his followers on Twitter tweeted at him and just said, just got an eviction notice, but hey, it's Friday. He responded, DM me the a picture of the eviction notice and I'll take care of it. Oh, wow. He got the picture and it was a real thing. And so he went in and he paid and caught the guy up and made it so the guy didn't get evicted. And he said, hey, in the future, if your landlord gives you this eviction notice, hit me up and I'll just have to play him in FIFA. And I guess he loves playing FIFA. That's a soccer video game. I'm guessing there's a backstory to it. I didn't see much more into it, but maybe he had a conversation with the landlord and the landlord also liked FIFA. But yeah, he reached out to just a random person on Twitter that just commented trying to be funny. I don't, I honestly don't feel like the Twitter user that was getting evicted was looking for Chad to pay his bills. He was just trying to be kind of silly. Well, I'm getting evicted, but hey, it's Friday. This guy goes out of his way and pays to make sure this guy doesn't get evicted. And of course the guy that had his eviction, you know, paid and made it so he didn't get, lose his home was very thankful. And it just really showed me that there are athletes out there that do more than just be athletes. You know, it's, he's been retired for a while now and for him to still be out there trying to help people is just so awesome. And so he's a true plug and you know, it was very impressive for me to, here 
Yeah, that's awesome. I think that right now you just hear so much of all the fast, crazy news of people doing stupid crap that it's refreshing to hear someone going out of their way and just helping other people. So I think you had a pretty killer plug. He's pretty awesome. Sweet. So what we'll do is for this week, we will put on a poll on Instagram on the story on Monday. And you guys can go in and vote for the best hole or whoever you guys thought was the biggest hole in your opinion and then i will put the results up on a on the news feed and i will let you guys comment if you guys you know heard the podcast a little bit later and you still wanted to get in on the poll and you guys can comment eric or key or kiara and we can tally them up and see who was the winner that way you know since it's gone in 24 hours and people still want to do it they still have the opportunity of doing it. We would appreciate you guys doing it just to get you guys involved. You know, if you don't want to, we understand. That's fine. But it would be cool if you guys could. Yeah, I feel like, you know, this was a really good episode. It's going on. We got some new microphones. They're sounding hopefully better. It would be nice to get some feedback from the listener. And let us know if you guys have any topics you guys want us to go over. So when we have more content to put out there for you guys, we're going to put out little episodes or what we're calling the side piece episodes because sometimes spouse holes have side pieces. <laughs> but yeah, we'll look for the side piece and we're thankful for all the listeners. Please remember, we have a website. Visit it at spouseholes.com. And you can also reach out via email at spouseholes at gmail.com. Thanks, babe. That was a great episode. No problem. Anytime. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.